Hello and welcome to the Commerce Journey Podcast. My name is Brian Krogsgaard. I am here as usual with my partner, Corey Miller. Hey, part. Hey, partner. Hey, Corey. Hey. How you doing? Pretty good. I'm excited to talk about this topic today because it's uh, pretty relevant. Yeah, we're talking about planning for launches and uh, getting yourself set up, whether it's from a you know a scheduling or a task perspective, or maybe it's even like scaling, making sure your website's ready for uh, dealing with increased traffic, if that's the type of thing uh, that's going to happen. And you know what? Our partner, GoDaddy Pro, they help make that happen. You can go to commercejourney.com slash go to check out GoDaddy Pro, and they can help you plan for the scale that you need with your uh, e-commerce website. They'll help you get started. They got some great deals, bundled extensions, all inside that link. If you go to commercejourney.com slash go and check out GoDaddy Pro, that is an important element of planning for launches and planning for scale, which is what you hope you get out of those launches, right, Corey? Oh, yeah. You Launches are so fantastic parts of digital marketing in particular like and i love launch days yeah uh, no matter what it is it's like you start you know you put it out there in the world you see what comes back and you see like what's uh you know what's the temperature if you have like a social audience that's giving you live feedback you see orders start to come in um you know there's a there's a lot that goes on there what i want to ask you first is how do you set expectations when you're trying to launch something like how do you how do you try to you know kind of initiate your thought process to know like okay today's going to be a boom or a bust or i have no idea like how do you prepare yourself emotionally how do you prepare in terms of like you know what you might have to do from a team and logistics standpoint oh man you jump right in that's such a good question <laughs> because it's part of i mean it's part of the launch process as you never wanted to be disappointed um but it happens and i think my my uh, difficulty with it is probably setting, when I think about this question is setting unrealistic expectations, mm. you know, going, okay, we're launching this product. It's going to go like, it's going to break the internet. It's going to be so well, you know, yeah. like, it's going to so be on the front page of Reddit. It's going to be a top post on Instagram or whatever, like wherever things are important for you. You, you know, you don't want to set those expectations too high. You want to plan for the potential if it's realistic, but you want to try to capture like what's real for me and my store. I think the important word with it is stretch. You don't want to be unrealistic, but you want it to stretch you. You know, uh, Dan Sullivan, who's strategic coach is kind of renowned for saying like 10 X think when you're thinking about the future, thinking about cool things like this, uh, thinking 10 times uh, better than what mm. you're already at. That's a really good stretch thinking for me um, because you start thinking through, I mean, one, a lot of people I, I, when I talk to you about this type of thing, like a big launch is the worry, is the system going to like handle it all? Mm -hmm. You know, we've seen that recently, you know, that was part of the topic for this particular episode is, uh, you know, when you've got a big, big launch, like the vice president nomination, for the Democratic Party in the United States, for instance, and the e-commerce site being down. Yeah, and that that one was interesting. It was the, you know, vice presidential announcement, like Corey just said, and um, obviously their infrastructure provider, at least, or didn't plan for it appropriately, or they got more feedback than they expected, whatever. That's the type of thing where there's, some, you know, like, okay, we've got the audience. We know this is a big deal. This is a national news item. So there's, like, 
there's a planning element there that is a, a known. Um, so those are some things that you can control if you foresee that they're going to, they could be an issue. There's other things though, where you don't exactly know what the response is. Like if it might surprise you, right? Yeah. Um, to, most often mine has been the underwhelming one, you know, <laughs> side of things like we've spent six months working on this product and then we finally got it out and crickets, you know, chirp or the drip is real slow. Um, so, you know, I think the goal in terms of stretch is really good because it gets you in the mindset of thinking through, can all this handle it? But the mindset of like, what would we need to do to hit 10 X, you know, or whatever this stretch goal is. And that, I, I think that's absolutely key to have the stretch goal to start thinking in a bigger mindset. Um, but also the realism of like, okay, maybe it's not going to break the internet today. Yeah. You know, maybe we'll get some sales, but I think the bigger question of launches, and I'm always excited for launches, like that launch days are the, my favorite days on the web because it's putting something out into the world and seeing what somebody is going to do with it. But I think the other perspective is what are we learning? What are we hoping to learn today? We put something out in the world. Same goes for commerce journey. You know, we, you and I have been playing this for months and we thought, okay, here are some assumptions we're making. Mm -hmm. And when we finally launched it, what, what about those assumptions are correct, what are wrong, and what have we learned from them? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love what you were getting at there because what you can control, even if you don't, you know, if you're not, if you can't control uh, getting tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands or whatever, you know, people looking at your product launch, what you can control is what does this product look like? What's the execution like? What's the flow for the customer? And I think that's a big part of that launch is trying to test how does this actually work? Uh, what happens when I go to the site? It look does it look right? Does do my are my advertisements set up appropriately? Are my you know are my descriptions all there? Are my um, you know like when we get an order, do we know what we're doing with it? Like, do we know how we're fulfilling our order? Um, do we have our automated emails when they buy something? Yeah. You know, do, we, do we send someone out. a thank you or do we have our, um, you know, cart recovery email set up? Like there's some uh, meat and potatoes type of stuff that you can plan and make sure that you're executing properly. And that's going to give you peace of mind no matter what your traffic setup is like on launch day. Now, I think of two types of people. One that's like more like you and I. Uh, maybe more like me. I think you like to prepare a little bit, maybe more for launches and stuff. Mine is, is it good enough for launch? Let's go. Let's get let's it out there it and out get there. feedback. Have we, have we checked the essential list? Like, is the website up? <laughs> is on a glance, is there not a lot of errors? Does the cart work? Yeah. You know? Can someone actually check out? Yeah. There's the other end of the spectrum which is let's prepare for every contingency. And I think you can get really tripped up on both. I think there's yeah. pros and cons of both. But the other side is I want everything perfect. And perfect is, is not an existent thing within yeah. e-commerce, especially. You know, there's some things that I, you just don't even know until people look at it and they start telling you. And if you're trying to assume all the things that they're going to want, you could be addressing stuff that is not ever on anyone else's radar who's actually shopping on your site, which I think gets to what you're talking about for the potential pitfalls of over planning. Like if you spend weeks trying to plan for something you think will occur and then it never is an issue, you just wasted weeks of pre uh, preparation time. 
And my thing is the tragedy of life, it's an Albert Schweitzer quote, is what dies within yourself as you live. And I, so it's the, and I probably butchered that quote, but it's the idea that if you don't push whatever you've been working on out into the light and allow people to potentially criticize it, to potentially hate it, um, but also on the other side to potentially say, this is what I've been waiting for, then to me, that's a tragedy. I think the other side of preparing for every contingency and worrying about perfection, you know, perfection, which will never happen, um, can trip you up from pushing that cool thing you've been working on for so long in the light. And, you know, in the sphere that you and I've worked in for a very long time, uh, designers and developers have this prolifically. Perfectionism is, is a poison within those <laughs> particular roles in life. And I've been, I've been trying to get very good over the years to say like, man, you're good enough is someone's excellent. Yeah. For a lot of people that struggle with perfectionism, that's a good motto and mantra to think through. Yeah. And then sometimes there'll be things where you never thought about them. And then your first several customers like reach out to you and say, Hey, uh, have you thought about X, Y, Z? I remember when I launched my, uh, first digital, membership with post status the first time i launched the club membership on that uh i only had checkout available with stripe and uh, i launched it i got on a plane and i went out of town and i went actually to a conference where i was meeting my customers my brand new customers and people that were wanting to be customers and something i got over and over again was hey do you accept paypal or will you accept paypal and i was like i haven't honestly thought about it but what I discovered is that for my type of product, that was kind of a fun money for those people, their PayPal balance, you know, like because it's not in your bank all the time. If you carry a PayPal balance, you might just pay, pay for something with PayPal. And it's like, all right, that's uh, that's good. That's coming out of my, you know, my education budget that is left over there in my business PayPal or whatever. And it was an easy way for them to pay. And uh, Corey, I mean, you know, now for that project, I think we probably have maybe 40 percent or more of our customers that are subscribing through PayPal subscriptions, which would have shocked me because, you know, PayPal, I think maybe not quite rightfully so, but they're kind of notorious in the payment space for not being like developer friendly. <laughs> and a yeah. lot of our customers and are developers. developers. Hate them. <laughs> and a lot of our customers are developers and they want to pay with yeah. PayPal. Uh, so it's funny, like sometimes you make these assumptions, like sure, everybody will want to use a credit card or a debit card and don't, you know, we'll just have Stripe checkout, it works great. And it did, except for the fact that a lot of people, we would have missed a lot of sales if we had not turned on PayPal payments. And um, that was something that didn't, fortunately it didn't take a lot of effort, but I launched and found out. It wasn't one of those things where I had to, you know, overthink how I was doing it from the, from the get go. As you're sharing that story, I mean, you know, like three pops into my mind that very much parallel that, but it, it made me, it reminded me of a couple of things is one, be willing to be wrong. If you approach this whole entrepreneurial endeavor called e-commerce, you know, be willing to be wrong, be willing to make mistakes. And the, the, the whole point of it is look, approach it like a lab laboratory experiment and say, I know making mistakes is going to help me get to my end goal. Mm. But I have to be willing to, and here's another one I wrote, be open and be surprised. You were surprised. I almost bet you back in the day, you'd been like, every developer hates PayPal. I'm not even going to do a PayPal option. And then these people start asking for it. And you're like, it surprised you. That's exactly you know? how it went down. I was 
kind of stunned. But then once <laughs> it became clear to me, I understood. It's just understanding how my customers, how their you know actions as a buyer were different from my assumptions as a seller. Um, and that was a great, a great thing to learn. And you would have never have known that had you not, you know, pushed your, your product on a cart out into the public and said, Hmm, would you be willing to buy this? Get on a plane, which by the way, most people are probably listening to this going, you did what? Yeah, I was crazy. You put your thing and then you got on the plane where you're in, and this is back in the day when like Wi-Fi wasn't a regular thing on planes. Yeah. And <laughs> so you did two, two things. One, you had the courage to push it out into the light, you know? And I think that's what most of it, most of my success is just being willing to push what I've been working on into the light. That's it. Yeah. That's not, I, I didn't have any special genius. It was just, I had the courage enough to push it enough out into light where someone could go yes or no pass. Maybe. Hmm. No. Awesome. You know, make that judgment. And you know, your story and all of our stories like this are symbolic of, be willing to be surprised, but you can't be surprised if you never push that thing out into the light of day. You know, my timing worked out because that conference was coming up and I was going to that conference and I had quit my job to, you know, build this, build this product out. So I gave myself this deadline of like, I have to launch it by this day. And it just kind of worked out that it was as I was getting on the plane, going to that conference and seeing those customers out. That was more serendipitous though. What about when you have control over the timing of your product launch? So you've got a new product, maybe you've been working on it, getting your supply chain worked out, you know, you're dealing with manufacturing issues and planning, you know, uh, how much inventory you're going to have. What how do you think someone should plan from a timing perspective when they're strategizing products? Like do you think the seasonality is something that's important? Like do you launch when it's your peak season or do you launch when it's a slow season and you can learn? What do you think in that regard? You and I both been here, but it's like decision fatigue and paralysis. Like we we end up so over. I wonder what I want. What I want to say is guard from over analyzing all of this. By the way, it's the first like knee jerk thing I have when I when you started that question is like guard about the fact that you could you know decide this to death. Mm. You could fret about this to death and never launch. I think you should have good informed hunches. I mean. You and I did for Commerce Journey and our different projects. We thought, okay, this feels right. We had some informed decisions a part of that. And I mean, you know, like, should we launch it on Tuesday? Should we launch it on Monday? And at least having the conversation, but not getting drowned in, you know, that paralysis of just over information and just, you know, to death. I see too many entrepreneurs kind of, get to that point where they just get paralyzed by it. So at some point, you know, we, we, we thought over the years that I think we're like, we don't launch on Mondays because we think, you know, people are just returning back to work, probably have a lot of inf- emails to go through, for instance, or meetings. Yeah. We also don't launch software products on <laughs> yeah. a Friday, you know, because if, <laughs> if, if they've got a bug or something like that, which they all do, right. Then we got a weekend where, okay, well, somebody could buy and, you know, be snow, you know, be paused for three days and be really, really mad. So we didn't do those type of things. And that probably helped us to say, okay, Tuesday or Wednesdays are good launch days for that particular product and industry. But, you know, let's say the Vita bars is our kind of base case study for all this. 
you know, she's got a following that is it's more a personal healthcare thing, which is a organic shampoo bar and conditioner bar. So she's got an Instagram following, you know, people are scrolling through Instagram, just kind of think through that. How do people use it? And yeah. just at least check the box to me. One uh, thing on that side of the thing with the physical goods, I know like a, a seasonal launch in terms of getting ready for the fall with, uh, you know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, preparing for Christmas. That's everybody's busiest time of year. I think you can get some hype in terms of launching, preparing for that time. But I think that it's more important to uh, to know that your launch is going to go well, you know, like to know I'm ready. And I think if you're not seasoned with product launches, I'd rather launch in like the spring or summer when it's a little slower. What do you think about that? It's like planting the what's that quote about planting a tree? The best time to plant a tree was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I, I would rather launch and wait another day. I've got a project right now that um, I just feel like we're burning time on it. You know, like yeah. every day that we don't launch burns another opportunity to serve the customers. So maybe you don't launch on Cyber Monday, you know, your busiest day, but you at least think through, okay, it goes back to the paralysis, I think, where, okay, if I don't launch today, maybe it's not a good idea to launch on Cyber Monday, Black Friday, Christmas Day, but uh, I want to at least launch. And so for me, I would, yeah. that feels like months and a season of time that you're waiting on. And uh, so I'd be leery of that, I think. And I think I'd leave those like high profile, you know, the week before Black Friday type launches to the experts that have launched hundreds of products. If I'm early in my game, I don't think I'd do that. What do you think about that? Yeah, for sure. Like, I don't know if we would have launched Vita bars, you know, around Christmas necessarily, but maybe weeks before Christmas, especially, I mean, that's, that's a peak buying time for e-commerce in general. Um, at iThemes, you know, we saw the ramp up into the winter months. Our hypothesis was always, um, you know, if you're in front of a computer and our, our stuff was software. So if you're in front of a computer uh, in the winter, it's warm, you know, in summer, it's hot you want to get outside. You don't want to necessarily be in front of a computer. We saw that with, you know, email out of office responders and things like that. Yeah. And I think again, just, you know, doing some thoughtful consideration, asking a couple of your target customers, you know, what do you think about when do you typically, you know, when do you buy gifts for people? If you've got a gifts thing, my buddy runs this big, you know, gift shop essentially for guys like kitschy guy stuff, you know, so when, when do you buy those kitschy guy gifts for the men in your life? Potentially would be a question he could ask. Yeah. And I think the other reason that I, in general, like the idea of a spring or summer launch is it gives you several months to plan for the seasonality with the holidays. And if your product is newer, uh, if your whole business is newer or if your product is newer, you can use that time, get reviews. You may even make iterations on your product. Like you may go through a batch of, you know, 500 products and say, you know what? We've been getting pretty good feedback about this, but if we could have just made this one change, people would have really loved it more. And that can give you time to iterate on even if it's the design of the product, if it's the flows of how you're asking for reviews and you find out like, oh, well, we're only getting like half of 1% of people to review our product. And we really want to do it differently or, you know, we're not really converting on these uh, cart recovery emails or 
our copy on the site could really use iterating. If you don't find that stuff out during the slower season, it's going to make it more painful. You're not going to get the closure that you like the deal flow that you want right in the in the holiday season. So I think that there's a lot of advantages for launching outside of the the peak season, even though you don't have the like, oh, look, it's brand new type of vibe. I think most people, they're going to be excited that, hey, I just found something I was looking for, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and on that note, you could do a soft launch, you know, maybe months before and and bench test your systems. and Yeah, hype it as limited quantity or something like that. Yeah, which is what we're doing with Edibars. Originally, we thought um, I was really pushing to do a subscription service. Every three months, you just automatically get the bar shipped to you. Um, from a recurring revenue standpoint, I always want my projects to have recurring revenue in them. But we were worried about the manufacturing of those, so we started selling in batches. Mm. But it was cool because it built – so we found that as an opportunity. It built buzz. It built excitement and anticipation to say, okay, we're, we're on our fourth batch now. Anna just yesterday was telling me like, okay, now fifth and the 20th is when I think we can do those. So we've stabilized the manufacturing of it and now can go, okay, we te- maybe we tell the customers. That was her point is like, tell them the fifth and the 20th. Well, there's buzz too, because that's a launch event. And I thought of the four batches we've had is this buzz and excitement, man, I haven't heard. And all of a sudden a batch is here, go get it, you know? Yeah. And you're part of batch number four. Those customers are batch number four. Best number three, best number two. Yeah, that's I think cool. About craft Makes it very personal. Like yeah. And how yeah. much do you learn across each batch, you know? And you learn a lot of things like, okay, well, if we can, let's say we can sell 500 units for a single batch in a normal period, that's going to give you some idea because you didn't know, like maybe you had a demand for a thousand or maybe you had a demand for only a hundred. And if you're doing that off peak, well, then you can say, okay, well, if I assume that I'm going to be two to three times more busy in the peak season, you're also improving your ability to earn revenue in peak season by having enough inventory where that's always one of those things you want to manage, right? When you're doing uh, a product launch, you don't want to be sitting there, say, with $10,000 of inventory if your uh, flow of products is really only going to get a couple thousand dollars over a reasonable period of time, like a couple months or something. And you don't have to guess in terms as much i mean there's always some guessing with inventory flow right but you don't have to guess as much in terms of uh how much you need to set aside for inventory going into a holiday and 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 assuming people have their peak season holidays like i think what 90 percent of e-commerce categories are probably peak seasonality in in the in the winter yeah we see the buildup especially in the united states because we have such an emphasis on thanksgivings like fridays every month all that holiday season and then tax wise for the United States, you know, it's right before the end of the year. So maybe there's a bonus or maybe you're thinking through taxes. If you're a B2B business, to business type business, yeah, that's you know, maybe you want to, you know, sneak those in ahead of time. So I- it's interesting. I always ask different, you know, entrepreneurs in different categories. What is your peak season? Cause it varies from time to time. Yeah, I'm using that as kind of my default, but somebody could have one that's totally different for a whole different reason. Like maybe you have a huge professional yeah. conference that's, you know, 20,000 people show up to and you sell all your stuff around that. I don't know, it just depends. But using the holidays is a great uh, default for us to consider, I think. Um, all right, That's a good point, though. I want to, hey, I want to tag yeah. on that because I would use everything you can as an opportunity to think about a launch, a mm-hmm. launch event specifically. So like, September is recovery month in the uh, <laughs> yeah. addiction, substance abuse, yeah. um, Valentine's Day. 
the anniversary of your business, mm. um, your birthday, Rebecca and I, and another product, another one of my partners that you know, um, used our birthdays are a day apart. So we used April, the end of April to do a flash sale for our birthdays. I use everything I can to encapsulate it in a launch event. So leverage all those things, mm. Labor Day, whatever kind of U.S. holidays or any holidays and wherever you're listening to or for your business or your product, you know, we celebrated the birthday of our products over the years and we made a big deal about our anniversaries. Because, Y'all did. You know, I loved the iThemes anniversaries. It was always a good one just to remind me like, oh, yeah, iThemes has been in this a long time. I trust them. And you know what? There's uh, something from them that I want to pick up and it's been a while and here I go. Well, remember when we when we uh, had our partnership solidified in post status? That was your was that your five year anniversary? I think it was the five year anniversary for post status. We made a big deal. It was, out of it. it was a milestone. Here, here's and there's here's, two reasons why I wanted to segue into this, Brian, because I want to get your feedback on this too. Sure. Number one, customers love launch events. I mean, I don't know how many geeks that I know that mark when Apple is releasing products because they want to <laughs> listen to the live stuff and know what they're going to buy next. Yeah, that's like a next level uh, community, <laughs> like a cult, a cult community, a tribe, like you've t- said before that you want to build. But that's like the epitome yeah. of it, right? Yeah. So cust- customers love launch events. I mean, from post-status, being along for the journey, it makes you feel like you are, you belong to something bigger, that you're a part of this, that you contributed to this. It's also like our five-year anniversary at post-status was a reason to say, we have been around for five years. Right. We're going to be around for the next you five years. Trust us for the, because of this. Yeah. And so we'll do the same thing with commerce journey here is have an anniversary. We'll kitschy stuff, you know, we'll throw it in there. Uh, yeah. But like we used uh, you being in Oklahoma City for you, you, the. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah. Inking of our partnership as a way to say like post status is still here. Yeah. So I use it. Customers love that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, because it's an event that they can kind of be a part of a little bit. And the second thing I would say, and I want your feedback on all this, Brian, is like it shows activity. Like you just said, it was a reminder for you when we do those kitschy little birthday parties and had cake for a, a software product yeah. that you go in your mind, iThemes is still around. So it shows activity too, that you're still there. It's top of, It brings you top of mind for your customer um, community and things like that. It makes your store more personable as well, like to relate to the people behind yes. the story. Uh, I completely agree with everything. You want my feedback. I don't have any to offer. <laughs> I just agree with that. And I want to ask you about another element. And I think that this is one that people often will forget. So let's say that you do start to get some attention for what you're doing and people are sharing it. And I think one of the things people miss sometimes is they don't really make it easy for people to share their launch. For instance, you can prepare, like, here are some pictures you can use uh, to showcase that this is happening. Here's our logo. Here's our branding. Um, here's what we're doing, especially, and it, you know, depending on the realm you're in, digital products, this is super common. Physical products, it can be too. Like, uh, for instance, if you're sharing uh, maybe like a Kickstarter or something where you're something that's encouraging people to share what they just bought or what they just participated in with others, if you prepare those assets for them to be able to do that well, they're going to be way better than if you just let them do it themselves so some kind of like branding pack launch pack share this text with your friends like this is the absolute best tumblr you could ever find here's what makes it special and like you have a little blurb about what makes that tumblr special and you help you assist them in sharing that with others absolutely you got to think about 
okay, we're going to want people to share this. How do I make it so easy? So flip the, flip the table for a second and be on the other side. Okay, Brian's launching this thing. Uh, I want to promote it. I'm his friend. I care about him. I want to see his, his project succeed in the world. Um, okay, I'm going to go to Facebook and I'm going to put it on there. Yeah. You know, just like you said, having thinking through those type of um, collateral pieces or whatever, but you, you hit it on the head. Make it as easy as possible. So that means here's what you could say about it. You know, make it easy for someone to talk about what you're doing. You know, we're trying to refine that with Vita Bars, but it's organic shampoo and conditioners for curly hair people. Yeah. That's our first, you know, thesis we've been testing. So make it easy. Like you just said, you knew it. Uh, no, actually, I was talking to Sherry, my friend Sherry yesterday, and she was like, that's right for curly hair people. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, my daughter's curly hair. You know, if you don't make that tagline for them, the they'll yeah. make up the tagline for you. And then you're at you're at the risk of whatever they come up with. Right. And it, and it could be, you know, not it could be good. It could help you refine it. But also, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like just lower the bar. But the other thing I thought about is you, you you're talking about being deliberate, you know. Yeah. But. I have found over and over, it's just the part of the human condition. You have to ask people. You can't just assume. Don't assume. Ask. Like, you know, when you're putting something out, will you share this with people that are, you know, like Vita Bar's curly hair? Yeah, please share. Please share what we're doing. Or we know you know someone else that has curly hair. So will you please talk to them? And, you know, here's a here's something a little something. A thank you, a card that you're making that ask with, uh, or here's some stickers on it or something like that. Like um, we're very deliberate in this podcast episode. And then those on video probably saw me when you were talking about the sponsorship, you can't see this on podcast, but I was pointing down at the GoDaddy pro logo. <laughs> yeah. Hey, these are is. our partners. That's right. Go check your offering. Yeah. Hey, if you like what you're hearing today, would you go check this out? Commercejourney.com forward slash go slash dash webinar. Yeah. Wait, that That's are, for our yeah. webinars. This is just slash go. That's okay. We have special okay. links for tracking. And on, Corey, I'm glad you did that because that gets me into what I want to talk about next is how do you do um, metrics? How do you and how? And then I want to lead into follow up as well. Like how do how do we learn from this launch, right? So yeah, what do they call? There's like a uh, like a post not a, not a battle, but like a post mortem post mortem. Yeah, like the post mortem recap. Um, yeah. What, what happened here? What can we do better next time? So the way I approach business, and you too, Brian, because you, you love analytics, is everything is, is a dashboard. It's like a video game of a dashboard. Um, so like I want to use every piece of data I can to analyze it and to learn from it and figure out how to do better the next time. Again, we're approaching this as a laboratory. So uh, if you approach it with the mindset of this is a video game, and you and I, are, we've gamed, right? We're gamers. It's been, it's been a while. It's gamer. been a long time for me. Yeah. Now we have kids. They're gaming. But but I always loved it because I could see my high score, mm-hmm. you know, and I could also see where I ranked with other people on the game. And this is the old back in the arcade days, you know, you see your leaderboard. I use data every chance I can. So every possible chance. I mean, it's as simple as just saying, make sure Google Analytics is on your site when you launch. Yeah. Make sure you're tracking links. Make sure you're tracking as much as data as you can to test those assumptions we talked about. So I always try to create a dashboard for everything we do. You know, at uh, Commerce Journey, it's right now it's traffic and it's email. And it's our email list and it's our Facebook group. 
Yeah, yeah if, those, if you had a launch checklist, which you should, you should have a launch checklist for doing a new product, and it had things like the social elements, the website elements, uh, our you know fulfillment. Did we did we fulfill these products within two days so that they could be there within three or four or whatever? Like you have this list of stuff, and then you go back and you say, okay, how did we perform on these things? Did we accomplish what we want? Did we get the return that we expected? Did we spend uh, I don't know two dollars per lead? like we planned or did it cost us more or did we not get the conversions we expected from those leads with those, you know, with the, you know, paid advertisements, whatever your thing is, whatever was on your launch plan that you're planning to do, what was the result of that? And then more importantly, how do I utilize what I learned seeing the result and turn that into iteration for this product and the next product? Well, so like, let's take beauty bars back again. Originally I wanted to push for us to do a subscription service. So one of the questions was, how often do we think people would, you know, need a replenishment, right? Now we're on, we're, we're actually going to go into our, our, in a, like a week or two, our fifth batch. We have four batches now. We can go back and look. We can say, how many people were repeat customers? Mm. And what was the time period in between? Did they buy a first batch, third batch, second batch, fourth batch? Or was it one, two, or, you know, and look at all that. And we can analyze that and make better informed, data-driven type decisions in the future. Oh, man, we've got, you know, I'm making this number up, but we could say 20% of our customers are repeat customers. That's awesome. Okay. Now, are we sending them an email, you know, 90 days after their first purchase to remind them, they can come back and buy another bar. So just laying the groundwork. That's why I say, what's the best, you know, that I think it's a Chinese proverb. What's the best time to plant a tree yesterday? (laughs) Um, And I might be butchering that again, but that's why you want to launch and we start accumulating data. So then you can start asking these type of questions. That's where it gets fun. That's where you and I love this whole game called business and e-commerce is because like we can go back and we can look at the numbers and say, how do we get a better, higher score next time? Yeah. How did we do? How do we do better? And what's that growth look like? Because that's going to fuel us to strive for more is seeing, seeing growth and seeing potential. Corey, I think, uh, I think people are ready to rock their launch. Um, what do you think? Wrap it up. They should, they should rock it and they should post it in the commerce journey, Facebook. Group. Yeah. We'd love y'all to join the Facebook group and you can do that. We want you, a high five. Yeah. We'll link it in the show notes, but you can also just look for commerce journey, search commerce journey on Facebook. You'll find the group in the page where you can like it and do all that stuff. We'd love to have you participate in that conversation with us. We'd also like to say thank you to GoDaddy Pro for being a sponsor on this episode and all episodes. Go to commercejourney.com slash go. And don't forget to just check out everything we have at Commerce Journey, blog posts, webinars, podcasts, and subscribe to our newsletter. That's the meat and potatoes of how to participate in this project with us. Thanks so much for joining us, and we will catch you next time.